Alright, so as we get into this message, I just thought it, was, it would be sort of fun to highlight the fact that God has a funny way of helping us out. Right? As I've been preparing, I, you know, just the way my schedule goes, I don't get a lot of extra prep time for these things weeks in advance. And I go a week at a time. I usually get a week at a time. And you face a message, you go, man, how is this going to work? But it's interesting. There's a number of you I had conversations with this week that helped me out, <laughs> helped me think about this material in a different way. So I think that's exciting to see God uh, kind of come together with that. So that being said, why don't we just do a little brief review on last week's message, which we called strength in numbers and we really were trying to get to the heart of that question why church why do we meet together and the first point we had last week was we had to recognize that we do not live in a christian culture and to some of us that seems obvious and to some of us we go wait a second i thought this was a christian culture but we talked about it last week and we really see when you really step back and you look at what the culture is doing, you go, man, the culture is pointing us towards individualism and selfishness, but Jesus Christ calling us to be his disciples are pointing us away from that, towards selflessness and community. And so we've got to recognize, man, we do not live in a Christian culture. And the second thing we talked about last week was that Christian community is a place where we gain strength to thrive. We want to thrive Right? I want to thrive. I want my life to be good. I want to grow closer to God. I want to grow closer to others. I want to honor Him. And Christian community is a place where that happens. A few subpoints we had off of that. We recognize that it's in Christian community where we're going to find primarily godly wisdom and godly counsel to help us. Are there other sources? Sure, there are other sources, but God's designed it. Hey, come together. We talked about that last week. We also see that when we come together as community, there's unique worship and a unique opportunity for us to obey. And we do that by loving the brotherhood of believers. It's hard to love a brotherhood when you're not really part of it. You've got to be part of that. right? We also recognize, we talked about it last week, there is a spiritual growth and maturation that comes when we are part of a fellowship, when we are part of Christian community, and we also see that there is a refinement that comes, a refinement that blesses our life. And we talked last week about the rock tumbler analogy, that I really think God has designed us as a church to be a rock tumbler that tumbles us around and strikes those sharp edges off of us and refines us. And the only way we're going to get there is by being in community. So that's what we talked about last week. And so today, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about this. Sinking in our roots. And so last week as we talked about why, there's this week we're going to talk a little bit more about how, and we're going to do that some more in the coming weeks as well. And so let's have a little bit more review. There's that term religion. It comes from the Latin word, which means to bind. So we go, oh man, we're not religious, and yeah, okay, I don't really like that word, but there's a reality that every single person on the face of the earth is religious. Everyone's trying to bind themselves to something, and we could really define religion itself as a system of beliefs and practices that I bind myself to so that I know who I am and what I should do. And the culture tells us, no, 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 be free. And it's really kind of promoting a religion of do what you want. Bind yourself to the concept of just do what you want. That's what the culture tells us to do. But we see from the scripture, and we again, we talked about this last week, there is a weakness. There is a spiritual weakness 
that comes about in our life when we are not connected to community. Binding to the right thing brings strength. It brings strength and it allows us to thrive. And so today, we're going to see not only that there's strength when you come to a community, but you get to belong. And that when you don't bind yourself to a community, there is loneliness. There's loneliness. And so today we're going to talk about that. Binding brings belonging. So, what is belonging? What does that mean? Like, my belongings is the stuff I own, right? No, that's not how we define belonging. We would define it as fitting into a specified place or environment. Fitting in. Finding a place to belong. We go to the scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2. Wait, that's not the verse I have. I don't have that verse. I have this verse here on my notes. Beloved, Peter says, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. I urge you as aliens and strangers. Seem odd to you that he would say, you're aliens, you're strangers. What makes someone an alien or a stranger? And we don't say that in some sort of pejorative way. Obviously, Peter calls us that and he's not being insulting. What would make somebody an alien or a stranger? What would make us an alien or a stranger? It would be not belonging. I don't belong. I think of an example in my life. I had the privilege almost 20 years ago to take a trip to India And this wasn't just the big city, India. We flew into a big city and we got on a train and went out six hours and then got on a rickshaw and went a distance more and we were kind of out there. I'll tell you what, nobody looked like me. And that was kind of neat, right? I was like, wow, we're kind of cool. And we were out, we were on the coast. And one day we had some free time in the midst of the sort of the mission that we were doing there. And we said, let's go to the beach, Hey, we're Americans. We like to go to the beach, right? It's one thing I kind of miss about Colorado. I wish we had the beach. So we went down to the beach on the Indian Ocean. It was really great. And there was some sweet waves. It was like the best break, right? I was like, wow, it was amazing. The water was warm. It was like, this is perfect for body surfing. Obviously, we didn't have surfboards or anything. We were there on a mission. And we were like, well, let's just get out there and do it. So there's about a half dozen of us, you know, sort of white guys different sizes and we were like hey let's go and so we went we ran out in the water and we started body surfing man it was the best I've done that in a lot of places it's probably one of the best breaks I've ever gotten to ride and you go okay so what's the point well this was clearly not something the people in that part of India did as part of their culture because we were going along we were having a good time and at some point we we stopped you know wiping the water out of your eyes you look up and there was all these Indian people and they come and they'd sat down on the beach. And they were watching these weirdos. <laughs> they were like, what are these guys doing? And, you know, we were hooping and hollering and having just a great time. But I didn't belong. I did not belong. The thing I was doing made me look kind of odd. I was strange. I was an alien. And in the same way, when we follow Christ... We don't fit into that culture. We don't fit into this culture that we're walking in. We get to this verse here, Hebrews eleven thirteen. that's on the screen. It's talking about people who followed Christ, people who have been justified by faith. He says, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. 
There it is again, strangers and exiles. The author of Hebrews is speaking about Christian believers and he says they understood, they knew that they did not belong. Do you get the sense that you don't belong in this culture, believers? Do you get that sense or do you think you fit in? I confess, as I've thought about it, I go, man, more and more I feel like the culture, I'm going the opposite way of the culture. And I think that's good. And I'm certain that if you're given over Christ, you will more and more find yourself like the white guy body surfing. You're a stranger in a strange land. Another verse, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, Christians, brothers, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I see this verse, and we had this verse up again last week, but when I think about this, I go, being a living sacrifice is strange. You want something to make you a stranger? Be a living sacrifice. That runs counter to our culture. That makes us strange. To be a living sacrifice means I'm giving myself fully up to God. I have no rights I'm fully conformed to his plans and his desires. And that is the exact opposite of our culture, isn't it? Culture says, do what you want. Build your world around you. Have the religion of you. So if I'm going to be a living sacrifice, I will not belong in this culture. I will not belong in this culture. What should we do? What should we do? If I don't belong, what should I do? We have a choice. The same as if we were living in a foreign land. If I had said, you know what, I'm going to set up shop here in India, and I'm just going to live here. I have a choice. I could find belonging in that culture. Right? I'd say, well, I could adapt to the customs and the dress and maybe even the, the spiritual beliefs, and I could just try to make myself as Indian as possible. And we could do the same thing. As believers, we could say, well, I find myself in this anti-God culture. I could just adapt to it and make myself anti-God. Or we could say, no, I'm going to go counter to this culture. And I need to find belonging with others who are going to support me in that endeavor. Be another thing if you lived in a different culture, you'd say, I'm going to find a community of people who share my values and I'm going to walk with them. And in the same way, that's what we find here. You see on the screen, I have this slide of an ultra marathon. Is anybody here an ultra marathoner? Anybody run those 100 mile races? I know Rob Nielsen ran 50K on his 50th birthday. Where's Rob? I don't know where he is. Yeah. That's almost ultra, but these ultra ones are like 100. I was going to, I had a picture of like just marathoners, but I realized that's a little bit more accessible, it seems, these days. Ultra marathoning, I think, is what life is like. And that's what the Christian life is like. If we say, I'm going to follow Christ, you're going, wow, I'm going to run an ultra marathon as being a living sacrifice and taking up my cross daily. That is a long thing. That is a long time. I think about my life and I go, I've been following Christ for 30-some years. 
Lord willing, I probably got another 30 to go. It is a marathon. It is an ultra marathon. And I think about that and I go, I don't want to do that alone. Do you want to do it alone? I'm be with some other people who are running that as well. I think part of the reason I don't want to do it alone is because I think God's designed us that way. He's designed us to have a pre-wired bent to belong. He's designed us so that we will belong to something. And I think, interestingly, culturally, even though our culture says be an individual, people are still trying to bind themselves to things, aren't they? I even think about the idea of family. People still have a strong bond with family. We all have strong bonds with our family because I think we're wired to belong to something. This verse in Ephesians, these verses in Ephesians 5, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The Bible here and in other places, it's referring to those of us who are Jesus' disciples as the bride of Christ. Note that it never calls us the brides of Christ. It is the bride of Christ. It refers to Christ in the church. He doesn't say it refers to Christ in Christians. There's a place of belonging that's inferred here. There is a collective nature to the Christian faith. There is a bride to which we belong. And I think in some ways we're going to get to judgment day. Each man is destined to die once and after that face judgment. We get to that day there is going to be some kind of recognition as a whole, not just as individuals. We see the same concept in Romans chapter 12. Paul says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members of one another. We are one body. Not many bodies. One body. God has designed the church as a place for Christians to belong. Also, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about this, a much longer passage. He talks at length about the body of Christ and how each person fulfills a different role and gets together and they can accomplish something that can't be accomplished alone. Everybody has roles to play, but we all come together to perform a greater function. And so we can conclude that God's design for discipleship includes belonging to other disciples. It includes being part of a body. We are to be part of a body. And I think that fits with God's design. How he pre-wired us to want to belong. To seek to belong with things. There's another thought about belonging. Is that belonging to a Christian community is evidence of salvation. Now you might say, well, okay, time out. Are you saying that to be saved we have to be part of of a church or that if I'm not part of a church then I'm not saved or I, no we understand Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 John three sixteen. we understand that salvation is by grace by God's grace alone through faith in Christ alone we understand that to be true and we understand that to be right with God it takes an individual decision to surrender our lives and accept the free gift of salvation That's how we get saved. 
But what do we do with this verse? 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. That's a challenging verse, I think, especially for us in our culture that is trying to get us to split away and be individuals. You don't have to go to church to be saved, but there's a special love that God brings about in us when we receive that free gift, and He comes to live in us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in us to love others in the Christian community. And when that happens in our lives, we go, Wow, there is evidence that Christ has come to live in me. Now, you might say, I love Christians, I just don't love the church. And I can understand that, and I suppose that's possible, but it might be really questionable. Do you really love people without loving the collection coming together? We've got to remember last week we passed out the 59 one another verses from the New Testament. 59 commands that really can only be carried out in the community with believers. And we also remember from last week that when we talk about church, we're talking about a community of people. We're not talking about organizations. We're not called to love the organization. We're called to love the brothers. So I think we can conclude that God is calling us to find belonging in Christian community, which is the church. This belonging demonstrates that he's come to live in us by his Holy Spirit. Now, you see I've got our church logo there on the screen, and I thought it would be interesting to highlight there's a lot of churches out there called Community Church. So-and-so Community Church. And that's great. I don't necessarily want to criticize that, but we very intentionally do not have community in our title. And that's part of because I think that would be the Department of Redundancy Department. Because the church is the community. It would be like saying the church church or the community community. Church and community, I think, are synonymous. And so in our church, that's why we are the Firehouse Church, not the Firehouse Community Church. Okay. You might ask this, can't I go too far when it comes to belonging to the church? Can't I go too far? Can't it be too much? Can I be too committed and too sold out? And my answer to that is, well, yeah, kind of. It can be. Well, how? I think if we turn our hearts and we start worshiping the belonging instead of worshiping Christ. We start worshiping relationships with people instead of worshiping Jesus. This can happen when I let go of my personal commitments to Christ and I'm only holding on to personal and uh, getting rid of that personal action. I'm holding on to just the corporate stuff as a church. I think we can make a tremendous error in our faith if we let go of personal responsibility. In the same way we can make a tremendous error in our faith if we let go of our community connection. Right? Think about it this way. What are some things I can't punt to the church? Right? Use that terminology, punt. means I'm going to just toss it to the church so the church can deal with it. What are some things the church can't do for me? I thought of a few. The church cannot develop a habit of reading scripture in my life. 2 Timothy 3, 6. And seven, all scriptures God breathed is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
The words of wisdom about the truth, about Jesus Christ, are found in the scripture. And I can stand up here and talk about it till I'm blue in the face. I could just force read it to you, I suppose. But I cannot develop that habit in your heart of going after the scripture. I can't do it. The church can't force you to read. It can't force you to internalize it. It can't force you to adopt what it says. There's a personal responsibility. Another thing is to pray. James 5.16 The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Something very personal about that verse. We can get together and we can pray and I can pray for you and don't get me wrong, if you're new, please fill out that connect card and put a prayer request on the back and I will pray for it. But the church can't communicate to God for you. God wants to communicate with you. God wants to have a conversation with you. The church can't have that conversation on your behalf. Another thing is share your faith with the lost. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We are called by Christ to share what we have received. I am called by Christ to share what I have received. You are called by Christ to share what you have received. It is for us personally to do this. We as a church, we can trip you, equip you, we can train you. We can even give you opportunities and say, yeah, bring your friends to this thing. And, but ultimately, that responsibility is on you. It's on you. Fourth thing is make righteous and obedient choices. James 5.16 So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I think that's James 2.16. That slide's not right. Anyway, that's the deal. We have to have good works. We have to make righteous and obedient choices. Obviously, the church can't make those for you, can they? It's the same as when we have children. Those of you who have children understand. You go, man, I really want my kids to make good choices, but they're the ones who have to make it. It's the same way with church. So we have to hold on to and we have to pursue a personal faith. We can't let go of that and just hold on to community. But there are some things we can't accomplish apart from the church. And here's four, just four examples. One would be carry other believers' burdens. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If I'm not part of a community of believers, I can't bear their burdens. I can't. I have no option, no opportunity to do that. I've got to be connected. I've got to be invested with other believers. We also, apart from the church, can't act with humility towards other believers. How can I be humble towards somebody if I'm not invested in them? 1 Peter 5.5, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. There's no humility apart from community. Without the church, it's hard to be kind and compassionate to believers. Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, be tender-hearted. How can I be tender-hearted if I'm an individualist, if I'm selfish, if I'm focused on who I am and what I'm trying to do? We're also commanded, be as of one mind with other believers. Apart from the church, I don't think you can do this. 2 Corinthians 13, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. How do I get to be one-minded with someone if I'm an individualist and I've let go of being involved in a Christian community? 
so we have to hold on to the personal aspects and we have to hold on to the community aspects and we have to do both of those things. So the best way, I think, the best way to pursue Christian community is to sink in spiritual roots. Okay, so I have this picture on the screen of some green bell peppers. You go, what's the deal? Well, I'm not much of a green thumb. You've heard me talk about that before. But this year, I was like, I'm going to do it. I've got this garden. It's a little 8 by 8 garden in my yard. And it just doesn't get enough sunlight. But it's all set up. It's got sprinklers running to it. I was like, I am going to grow some stuff. So this year, I got serious. I got some plants. You know what I did? I went in there and I cleared out all of the dirt that was inside that box because it had all these weeds. I was like, I hate weeding. It's one of the reasons I can't get stuff to grow because I hate to go out and weed. So I was like, I'm going to get rid of it. And I got it all out and I put down fabric and I put in new, brand new dirt that came out of a bag from Home Depot. Right? I was like, hmm, okay. So I got the sprinklers, but man, it, it doesn't stay warm enough where this garden is. And there's always like stuff kind of, you know, weeds blow in. And then, I don't really, I, just, I really don't like weeds. So I was like, fine. So I built this kind of like greenhouse cover out of fabric that got it all. It's all included and it hinges open. And it's great. And I went and I got plants. I was like, I'm not doing seeds. I'm going to get some plants that are already growing. They're already viable. So I went and got those and I planted them. And lo and behold, I got some vegetables this year. Amen. <laughs> but here's the point. You go, what's the deal? Well, I had one problem. I've got to have to correct this next year. My one problem is these pepper plants. These, I have about four bell pepper plants. And they started growing up. And then these like, oh yeah, it's like a greenhouse. They're all excited. And so these peppers start to grow. But peppers are not light in comparison to the plant. And my pepper plants started to tip over. Why? Because there was not enough new soil between that fabric underneath and the top. They weren't able to get their roots sunk in. So I had to get some you know, rods and stuff and get them straightened back up. But I think we can be the same way. If we don't sink our roots in deep, we're just going to get knocked over. In the spiritual life. And so we need to sink in spiritual roots. And I think the place to do that is Christian community. And I have three suggestions for how you can do that. These are going to be radical and life-altering, I'm sure. But here they are. Show up. I'm not trying to be snarky by saying that. But we all know nothing kills a relationship more than absenteeism. Nothing kills it more than absenteeism. We have to show up. No, we don't put gold stars on boards to say when you show up and you didn't. It's not a contest. There's no legalism. Your salvation isn't dependent on it. But man, you want to sink in spiritual roots? You don't want to topple over? Show up. Show up. Second radical thing. Sacrifice for others. Maybe that's a little more radical. I know we live in a culture that tells us don't do that. Man, I tell you what, I know if somebody cares for me, if they've prioritized for me. But you know that's true for you. You know someone cares if you're a priority in their life. If they sacrifice for you, they do something for you, you know they care. And so are you doing that for others? Third thing, be a friend. Man, that's a hard thing. I, I know one of the things about belonging is friendship. We all need friendship. We're all looking for friendship. That's part of why we want to bind ourselves to things. You want to sink in spiritual roots? Be a friend. 
I've heard this before. People say, well, nobody has, has befriended me. I get it. It's hard. It's a challenge. But I always have to ask that question back. Are you being a friend? Are you being a friend? You're looking for people to be friends with you, but are you being a friends with them? Sometimes I think it's so easy for us in this culture to just say, I want to show up and have other people have done the hard work of cultivating relationships, and I just want to get the fruit of it. But God says, show up. Be a friend. I wanted to share an example, and, and Tim, I didn't ask you if I could share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. It's all honoring to you. But Tim, those of you know Tim and Amanda... And two years ago, they came over and sat in my living room and talked with Christine and I, and they just shared just honestly from their hearts how they were having a hard time connecting and having a hard time making friends and having a hard time feeling like they were really part of the Christian community we had here at the firehouse. And I understood. There's a lot of challenges and things going on in their lives, and I understood. And, and I don't know if I actually said anything really valuable. I can't even remember what I said. I probably didn't have some grand words of wisdom. But I talked to Tim this week, and he said, you know what we did? We just decided to show up and invest in people and be friends. And I'm guessing a lot of you here today would say, wow, I know Tim and Amanda a whole lot better than I did two years ago. And so I think Tim and Amanda did these things. They showed up, they sacrificed for others, and they were friends for people. And Tim says, man, I feel, he told me this week, I feel more connected to what our church is doing and who our church is than I ever have in my life. I hope that was an accurate representation of what you told me. That's what I heard, at least. And that's really encouraging. And I think about my own life, and I've had this experience too. My wife and I, Christine, we moved, before we had kids, we moved to Washington State. We're living in Seattle, and we joined with a church. And we were there just for two years while I was in school. And that first year, we spent the whole time basically complaining about why it wasn't working for us in that church. And at some point, through the counsel of other people, it's like God shook me and said, stop worrying about that and just show up and be a friend with these people. And there was a night and day difference between the first year and the second year of how I felt connected. Of how I felt connected. And so that's my encouragement to you. But we've got to watch out for a couple things too. I think we've got to beware of some things that could be obstacles for this. The first one is we got to beware of that selfishness and individualism. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to just say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I think God wants us to say, I'm going to serve others. That's hard. Tell you what, I just want to do what I want to do. Great illustration that has helped me out is we need to think about Christian community as a potluck. I know we don't do a lot of potlucks in our culture. Maybe that says something about our culture. But when I was growing up and I was part of Baptist churches and other sort of traditional churches, we did potlucks. And a potluck, everybody brought something to the table. And if you were in a bigger church, you'd be like, man, there's like eight kinds of macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Somebody thought it would be a good idea to bring fried okra. I don't know. People would bring it. But people... People would bring, yeah, somebody likes fried okra. If you cook it right. I don't know if I ever had it cooked right. You bring something to the table. Everybody brings something and then everybody gets a meal. But our culture wants things to be a buffet. Where you show up and someone else serves you something and you walk out with the things you want. 
The Christian community is supposed to be a potluck. Let us not be believers who come to church and say, Oh, I'm here to get fed and get served. We're to bring something to the table. And I think we can avoid selfishness and individualism if we do that. Another thing we've got to watch out for is brokenness and wounds and sin in our own life. I'm not condemning anybody. We all have these things going on in our lives, but we also can let them be obstacles to connecting with Christian community. Past hurts and errors can make us timid. It can really make us timid. I can feel that. People have walked out on me or hurt me or stabbed me in the back. I go, oh, I don't know if I want to be friends the next time. But Paul says this in his letter to Timothy. He says, the Spirit of God... The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Guys, there's no magic pill, unfortunately. We'd love for there to just be, I just take a pill and everything's fine. I just, you know, this thing, I you know, do some jumping jacks or something, and all of a sudden I don't have to worry about selfishness and individualism and the brokenness and the wounds and the sin. There's no magic pill. I would just encourage you, I think, just like Tim and Amanda, just like in my life, just like a number of, of others of you, the way to overcome these obstacles is to just do it. Just plug in. Just connect. Start sinking those roots in. Join into the community. And so that leads us, I promised, in the series we'd have an action step, an action point every week. And so today's action point is take steps to sink your roots into this Christian community. And I know a number of you here are going, my roots are sunk in. Thank you. It's good. And so maybe this is just a reminder and a refresher and you're good, or maybe some of you are newer, or you're kind of around the edges. Here's how I think you could sink those roots in so you don't topple over. We got two two big things as a church. The first one is a big, big thing. It's these Sunday meetings, and hey, you're here. And that's great. Maybe some of you are going to be Not here, and you're listening to this message later. And that's okay. But here's a couple things you can do as far as Sunday meetings. Again, prioritize being here. Prioritize being here over the other activities that can crowd out your weekend. Man, I I understand how those things can crowd in. I got my kids play flag, three of my boys play flag football. I love it. Man, most of the leagues are on Sundays. And you go, oh, well, you're the pastor and you work here. I get it, right? But the same, it's the same obstacle where I go, man, I really want them to do that because I think that'll be really good. I can't have them do it on Sundays. I'm so thankful God's provided opportunities for them to play on Saturdays instead, but I have to make that choice. I mentioned the Broncos earlier, and we're really fortunate the game is in the afternoon, or last week it was on Monday, but man, sometimes, I think maybe even next week, I don't know, that game is in the morning. Oh, I really want to watch that game. Well, you you could prioritize by getting a DVR. (laughs) You know, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but yeah, I did that. I went and got an old version of a TiVo. And I run it through my antenna and I record the game. Well, I like to watch the game. But being with you guys is way more important than whether the Broncos win or lose and whether I watched it live or not. Another thing we could do for Sunday mornings would be show up at 10, not 10.30, 
or 10.45 or 11. I get it. And I got six kids. It's hard to get out the door. We don't always make it. And there's grace. And no one's checking their watch to say, did you make it or not? But that time from 10 to 10.30 is really important. It's like a couple weeks ago, that was all we did. We made it from 10 to 12, the 12.30, or when everybody went home finally. It's so important. It's so important. So show up then. That's my encouragement. Aim. Aim to show up at 10, not at 10.30. You can also love people by engaging in conversations. You know, you're always welcome to get your coffee and go sit in a corner. But man, that's our chance to interact, to belong, have conversations. And then there's new people. Some of you are new here today. I hope people have talked to you. Someone talk to the new people if you haven't yet. Meet them. Love them. Serve them. They're coming here every week. So that's one thing. Second thing we do is also a big thing, but it's a small thing. It's our gospel groups. Our small groups. And so I'm going to talk about those here in a minute. But the idea behind these is that they give us an opportunity to connect at a more personal level. I love it. I'm, I'm in two gospel groups. It's really fun now. I get to meet with the singles. I get to meet with the teens. And I love that interaction at a personal level that sometimes I don't quite get on Sunday mornings. So we dive into the Word and into life. It's also a chance to run, run alongside others, not just for days, but for weeks or for months or for years. I think about some of you. I've run with you for years. It's been really exciting. And it's great, but it happens in the context of these smaller groups. If you're not connected with those, it's hard to feel like you're running alongside others. It's also a chance to show sacrifice and commitment and friendship. Because when you sit in a small group and someone says, I have a need, there's an opportunity for you to meet that need that maybe you wouldn't get in a larger group. And I think these are a place where we can say, man, I belong. We offer these groups as a place for you to belong to something that's intimate. And so I'm going to go through here a list. Again, we we call these gospel groups, relationship building circles, community building. And, you know, we're not a real fancy church. We don't have a lot of programs and plans. And even our gospel groups, they kind of shift and change. And it's kind of hard sometimes to grab the bull by the horns and say, what exactly are all these things right now? And so... I'm going to give you just a snapshot of where they are today. And they'll change. They'll be a little different soon. And they were different a little bit ago. And, but here's what they are. And my point of putting these up here is so that all of you can say, hey, there's a place I can connect. Because I think, you know what? There's five options here. Any of us could connect to any of these, pretty much. So the first one is a brand new group. And I've called it Family for Families. I don't know if that's a good name or not. Maybe they'll change the name. They're just getting started here. Not this Thursday. We'll be starting the next Thursday at 7 o'clock. Meeting every other week right here in the church building. This is for anybody who would call their home a family. So whether you've got kids or you don't have kids, you'd be welcome to come to this. If you say, man, my home is a family. And the focus on discipling others is going to be building parenting and building marriages. And of course, making friends and connection and our outreach focus. Every gospel group has an outreach focus. The outreach focus for this group is to families in our city, in our neighborhood. 
And they're going to be doing some outreach activities. Our cafe, Bay Bay time, that's every other Friday. That mom's group is, a, is an overflow of this group. Second group we have is called the West Side Fellowship. Now you probably want to be like, you know, singing what's that West Side Story song? Everyone's a jet. You know, that's not what it is. But anyway, it's West Side. Why is it West Side? Because the people who are doing it live in Wheat Ridge. And that's cool. It's going to be Wednesdays at 7 o'clock every other week. not sure if they're going to start this week or next week, but you can talk to them. It will meet in Wheat Ridge. Now, this one is for anybody. Now, there is a geographic focus to it, but it's not exclusionary. So it doesn't matter whether you're married or you have kids or you're single or whatever. You're a teen and you don't want to deal with the other stuff. I don't know. You can show up to this. And the focus is on building faith and friendships. And the outreach focus, of course, is West Denver, but... If you don't live in West Denver and you think, hey, that's great, or Wednesday night works great for me, go to it. It's great. Nothing is exclusionary here. We also have Launchpad, and like I said, that's one of the ones I get to do. And if there's proof that you don't have to exactly match up demographically, I'm proof. I've married, been married for 16 years, and I have six kids, and I go hang out at Launchpad every week. And I love it. Fun. Wednesdays at 7, we meet right here at the building. It's for, generally speaking, for anybody not married. The focus is just growing in faith together. We've been going through the book of James. Man, it's really helped me out. I think the discussion has been awesome these weeks. You've been doing it. And our focus, of course, is to singles in our city because we know there's a lot of you out here who are singles. And that can be very lonely. And we want to provide a place where we can all belong we also have a Connect Fellowship. It also meets on Thursdays here at the church building at 6.30 p.m. And if you like to eat, this would be the place for you. <laughs> no, it's a meeting again. This is for anyone. It's for anyone. If you just go, man, I'm looking for friendship. I'm looking for people to run this faith altar marathon with. This is a place for you to come every Thursday at 6.30 here at the church. Then we also have teen group. This is the other one I'm part of. Now, if you don't have teens, you might feel a little bit lost, but I'm sure the Nielsen's would be glad to have you come to their house on Sundays at 6. And we just started meeting last week, and I thought it was a great time. I'm looking forward to going, going with it. It's really exciting to me. That I'm glad I have a teenager, and I get to go be part of that. So it's generally designed for teenagers and their parents. The focus, of course, is uniting and building teens and their parents and their relationships, and of course the focus for outreaches for families in our city. Now, so those are the five groups we have, and you know, we got some other groups that may be in the works, and that's great. We're very flexible, and we just trust the Spirit to lead, or maybe you go, man, I have this great idea that could be cool. Well, you can talk to me, or you can talk to Brad, and we'd love to chat with you, but beware, we don't do a lot of, hey, here's an idea, and you guys go do it. If you come with an idea, we'll probably be like, well, how do we get you to do it, Right? We don't just do things for you necessarily. So those are the groups we have. And these would be a chance for you to connect at an intimate level. You, Sundays we talked about that and during the week with these things. And find some believers to run with, to sink your spiritual roots down. And find a place to belong. So that's what I had for you this morning. I'll go ahead and pray and we'll close the time. God, I thank you that your, your word gives us a road map for how to live. And God, your, your word gives us this path forward for how we can find belonging as disciples of Christ. And God, I know there were times in, in eras of history where maybe it was a little bit easier to connect 
It was maybe less individualistic and less selfish, but God, I thank you that you gave us the Bible and you wrote it, you put it together a couple thousand years ago and it bears true right here in this culture. God, there's so many things that are going to scream for our attention and our commitment and say, come belong here. God, I truly believe that if we are following you, if we receive the free gift of salvation, the way we're going to make it through the ultimate marathon of life is to be connected to you in Christian community. And God, I pray for our church, for the Firehouse Church, Lord. God, we're nothing special. We're not the best church in Denver. We're probably not even the best church in this neighborhood. I don't know. We don't compare, Lord. But God, we want to be a place where these people and the people you've brought here can be connected to each other, where we as a people can sink our roots in and grow together. Lord, help us in that. I even think about these five groups and I just have this sense that, Lord, it's not fancy. We're kind of just coming to you and saying, here's a couple fish and a, a few loaves and, and Lord, you've multiplied things before. God, we trust you can multiply it here and, and bear good fruit in our lives. That you can draw others in who need to know about you. Draw others in who need to find a place to belong. Others who need to find people to go through that ultra marathon of life together. God, in all humility, we just say, Lord, we probably haven't accomplished this as a church. Lord, help us to be effective being a Christian community together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.